For player profiles, in-depth features, and exclusive interviews, visit sfhandbook.com to learn more about the best young football players in the world. Hello and welcome back to the Scouted Football Podcast. Uh, we've had a full calendar of international football this past week. Uh, Gareth Bale continuing to boil El Chiringuito blood. Um, Canada making it to the World Cup for the first time since 1986. And of course, Italy missing a second finals in a row, defeated by North Macedonia in the playoff semi-final. Um, Liazuri's predicament has given rise to plenty of debate, um, particularly on whether there was a crisis in Italian football, especially when it comes to young players and having a production line of talent available available to freshen up international squads uh, and the issues surrounding that. Um, with me to discuss the future of Italian football uh, is none other than scouted chief Stephen Ganavis. Um, Steve, welcome back to the pod. Um, not the not the best topic that you'd want to be discussing, but I think it's got it's got plenty to um, plenty of offshoots and tangents that we can get into. Yeah, definitely not the uh, not the best week for me after traveling up to, to Sydney to watch Australia uh lose to Japan firstly and get knocked out of the auto qualification spots from Asia uh and then to wake up at uh, seven o'clock the next morning and uh yeah see Italy once again fail to to qualify for a World Cup just nine months obviously after uh winning the euros uh so it was a yeah a bit of a, a bit of a tough pill to swallow but uh a few maybe reactionary takes in the aftermath that I think would be good to delve into a little bit deeper and really kind of assess what the key issues are or if there really are major issues yeah i think that's a fair point i think it's it, it is reactionary and it's very it's very easy to to look at a situation where you know a, a world football in power doesn't qualify for two world cup finals in a row and you look at that and think well there must be something terribly wrong for to, to facilitate that um i think Yes, on I mean, I was I was probably one of those people who looked at it and thought, well, yes, there must be something terribly wrong. And then I was um, informed by an incredible thread by uh, one of my good friends, Stephen Ganavis, that actually all may not be all may not be lost when it comes to Italian football and the future of Italian football. Um, so I am I'm looking forward to sort of getting into that and hearing your thoughts probably a bit more in depth. Um, but just to give sort of a, as a synopsis um, on, on the situation with Italy, um, it's the second finals in a row. They, they will not make an appearance at, of course. Um, and I think one of the things which 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 has contributed to that is, is since that Euros victory nine, ten months ago, it, there's just been too many draws. Um, you know, post-Euros, there's been draws with Bulgaria, uh, Switzerland twice, which obviously contributed to them finishing second in, in their World Cup qualification group, uh, as well as with Northern Ireland. Um, and even if you look at the Euros, I mean, they needed extra time uh, to beat Austria, to beat Spain, to beat England. So it's there's been a case of well, if you leave yourself open to to last minute winners and and I don't I don't want to say holding on for draws, um, but sort of playing very close to the bone in terms of the scoreline, then you do leave yourself a little bit open to to situations where you know Tchaikovsky can score a ninety second minute winner from you know a shot which has got an xG value of something something like zero point zero three. Yeah, I think uh, it's probably, I think after the Euros, there's a little bit of an air of complacency, especially with their draw against Bulgaria. Um, but you then also have to look and say, Jorginho, who's typically been a good penalty taker, if he scores that one against Switzerland, the team goes mm-hmm. through. 
Um, you know, even the game against North Macedonia, Italy didn't play fantastically, but they did enough in that game to mm-hmm. to to win. And then you know, only conceded. I think it was like zero point one xg for the entire entire ninety. So I think uh, compared to the twenty eighteen debacle uh, against Sweden, the obviously you know be I was upset to to see the team not qualify, but at least you can see the progression in Italian football from uh, you know missing out in twenty eighteen to to now uh, where there's clearly a strong batch of players coming through and, you know, a good batch are about to retire, but there's plenty of players coming through ready to step up and, and replace them all over the field. Um, I, I think there were also some some clear issues that, you know, facilitated the draws because the team uh, obviously lacked a bit of cohesion in the final third. Chiro Immobile has never fit in this system at probably requires a striker that's much more comfortable receiving with their back to goal and facilitating uh, Insigne and Berardi, who uh, are two wingers that like to like to score. They don't want to stay wide. They they want to receive, you know, from the striker um and and get getting behind or not well, more more so cut in off the off the flank and try to to score into the far far corner. Um and Immobile is a striker that, you know, wants to get in behind himself, but that's not the kind of uh, system that was, you know, wasn't set up to feed that kind of play. It was, it was more of a, uh, you know, patient, get the ball, required someone that can hold the ball up and bring others into play, which just he is not capable of doing. It's never really been his game. Um, but, you know, all over the park, I think there were underperformers. Barella has been in some of the worst form of his career. Uh, Jorginho had a poor game by his standards. Um, I think Italy really missed uh, Spinazzola, obviously, and Di Lorenzo, um, and the, the drop down from those two to Emerson Palmieri and uh, and uh, Florenzi is, is quite stark. So um, you also had Chiellini and Bonucci out, although I thought Bastoni played quite well. Um, and then you even had someone like Donnarumma in not great form, and he was a bit suspect for the for the goal as well. So. Uh, you know, you can look back at all these little things and say this wasn't right, that wasn't right. But at the end of the day, as I said, uh, the team did enough to probably win that game. But unfortunately, that's football. Sometimes uh, it doesn't go your way in the moments. And uh, in the 92nd minute, there was a pretty bad moment and uh, they'll be watching from the sidelines again. Yeah, pretty consequential. Um, and I think it's it's natural that in the circumstances, that only exacerbates the feeling of the sort of the reactionary takes really, doesn't it? Um I think uh, I saw a tweet where it was in the 90th minute where uh, João Pedro and, and Giorgio Chiellini are being introduced at nil-nil um, against Macedonia. And, and and a lot of people are sort of thinking, well, are these your game changes? But that also does ignore the fact that the three previous substitutes were um, Raspaduri, who's 22, Tonali, who's 21, and Lorenzo Pellegrini, who's 25. So, um, yeah, I think you can you can posture um, the, 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 the take in, in, in many different ways. Um, and I think it, it is right to maybe just take take 24 hours, take 36 hours, sit back and think, actually, you know what? It's maybe not all bad, despite the fact that, you know, the most recent squad did have quite a lot of experienced players. But, you know, at the end of any cycle, you're going to get that because it will naturally then refresh. Um, I think 
from my perspective, one of the issues maybe has been that 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 refreshing hasn't taken place as quickly as as possible. You know, the the introduction of the likes of you know your Fratesi's, your your, your Samuele Ricci's, uh, Niccolo Fagioli's. You know, they haven't maybe their their introduction hasn't been expedited, but maybe that's because you know there are there are other good available midfielders in there who are over the age of twenty three, but sort of under the age of twenty seven, um, who've maybe not been getting getting the minutes. Yeah, well, I I understand people saying you need to start blooding these players, but you know, are you going to not play Chiellini and Bonucci, for example, who nine months ago everyone was raving about? These guys are masters of the art of defending. If you want to exactly. go to center back university, you've got to go see what these guys are doing. And then nine months later, you can't just turn around and say, oh, they're too old. No wonder Italy hasn't qualified for the World Cup. Exactly. Um, it just doesn't work like that. Uh, and, you know, even then, you still have a collection of pretty strong young players. One, in that squad. Two, that have been in and around the senior team because Mancini's been calling up extended squads with train-on players. Uh, for example, with uh, Nicola Fagioli, who's been balling out in Serie A, was part of uh, one of those squads in January when uh, Italy uh, didn't have qual- uh, didn't have any games, but there was an international break. Um, and also playing under twenty-one international level, it's a it's a high level. Um, so, you know, maybe they're not playing senior internationals yet, but a lot of those under 21 international games are, you know, really tough. So, you know, just to, to, I think, use that as an excuse. Um, then obviously there was a, a thread flying around from Carlo Garganese, who, uh, was saying that there's not enough teenagers playing, uh, and getting minutes in Serie A again, you know, that getting minutes in Serie A at 18 or 19, isn't the be all and end all. Uh, of youth development you know there is a lot of uh, Italian players that have been going to the second division and doing really well as such as Fratesi and Samuel Ricci last season who uh, were two of the best players in in the second division came up Fratesi's killing it straight away Ricci was bowling for Empoli and he got his move to Torino so um, the pathways are, are there um, just because they might be a little bit different to the way that it, they do it in Spain, for example, where uh, players much more readily just go straight from academy level into into the first team. Uh, but it doesn't mean it's any less effective. And I think, you know, on the contrary, I think Italian youth development in the last 10 years has come along leaps and bounds. And this generation that's coming through now uh, looks pretty, pretty extraordinary from from what I've been watching. Uh, so, Steve, one of the things you you asked in sort of that mini thread of yours was was do these players seem to be reaching their potential? Uh, and you know, we're, we're talking the likes of you know your Gianluca Scamacca's, your Manu Locatelli, Nicolo Barella, um, Fede Chiesa, you know, and they're the ones who are still very very prominent. And that's before getting into the likes of your Fratesi's, your Ricci's, Tonali's, Bastoni. Um, you know, at, at a surface level, you're looking at these individual players and you're thinking, well, yes, yes, they are. What what would you put it down to in terms of why they're not all getting a run in the in in the Italian squad at the same time? Well, firstly, like I'll start by saying you've got Scamacca, uh, Fratesi, Ricci, Tonali, uh, all who've played in Serie B in that uh, lineup. You've had Locatelli that started at uh, Milan, came through into the first team. Uh, Barella f- at Cagliari. Uh, Bastoni at Atalanta and Lovato at Hellas Verona. So there's a lot of variation in kind of pathways there. Mm. Um, the reason that they can't all get into the senior team together is basically because there are a lot of other good senior players in front of them that they're 
you know, still trying to fight against. For example, you know, Fratesi and Ricci have been playing uh, really, really well this season, but in front of them, you've got Barella, Verratti, Jorginho, Tonali, Locatelli. So, um, all of this is really showing it is that there's a lot of depth, um, contrary to what some might argue. Uh, and, you know, all these players, uh, I think Barella might be 25 and all the rest of those guys that you named are, are, are younger than that. So, um, you know, moving forward, as I said, there's, uh, you know, a lot of good options as the squad is now going to uh, need to regenerate for that uh, Euro title defense coming in uh, 2024. Uh, and so guys like Acerbi will probably come out of the squad Florenzi will come out of the squad. I hadn't even talked about uh, Calabria, who's been playing uh, really well for Milan this season. Uh, João Pedro made his debut uh, in that game against North Macedonia, but you know, I'd be surprised if he sees a lot more uh, minutes with the Azzurri. Uh, Immobile, I'd be surprised if he rolls around again. Uh, so I think there's a lot of regeneration to take place, and there's uh, a lot of young players that are playing really well in Serie A that are ready to, to take their place. Speaking about Serie A then, um, you mentioned briefly just before about how there, there aren't many teenagers playing in, in Italy's top flight. And while, I mean, that isn't the be-all and end-all and probably isn't a, the best barometer of, of whether youth development in a country is is thriving, um, you know, what, what, what do you put it down to in terms of the, the minutes that are being played by under-23 players in Serie A, whether that be Italian or or foreign? You know, is that is that something to do with, uh, you know, pressures on coaches? Um, is it something to do with the attitude towards young players? Um, you know the step up from from Serie B and 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 Primavera, you know, being uh, too much of a chasm to 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 breach and to to straddle in in one go. Um, you know, what what do you put that down to? Well, I would hazard a guess to say that the level of under twenty three minutes in Serie A isn't really a huge amount lower than any other league. Um, and especially recently, we're seeing a lot of clubs being taken over by some fairly uh, smart ownership groups uh, that look towards purchasing younger players and moving towards that buy low, sell high model rather than the simply existing in Serie R kind of model. So uh, we've seen that with Jenna with the, with their takeover. Venezia have come up into Serie R and tried to do something uh, like that. Sassuolo is probably the best example uh, with some of the deals that they've made, like for Locatelli, Maxim Lopez, uh, Fratesi even coming over from, from Roma. So... I think that the clubs in Serie A are getting a lot smarter and, you know, are really thinking about uh, how they can, can can maximize youth development because it's going to be uh, a strong return for them. Uh, and then likewise, we're seeing uh, the second division improving a lot as well and, and becoming a, a good loan destination for a lot of top talents from Serie A teams, uh, like we saw with uh, Fratesi last season. Uh, and then this season again with uh, Nicola Fagioli going from Juventus to, to Cremonese, who are I think second in the in the second division at the moment. So yeah, it's it's I think the the, the situation is just becoming more and more healthy for for young players coming through. And I I don't think we've ever really talked about as many like talented under twenty five ish Italian players at one time uh, in the last ten to fifteen years, probably since the the World Cup win in two thousand six. So, in in your view, it's kind of the, the the failure to qualify, which obviously has has its reasons, but ultimately has been decided on a very sort of a late and unlikely finish. Has sort of 
has 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 given rise to to this debate when actually there's there's not really a there's not really a crisis particularly in youth development um but there's not really a crisis in terms of the 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 strength of feeling in in Italian football that that is being made out well everyone wants to look for a reason yeah but you know as i said before sometimes football is just football and you can play uh you know well enough to win and it doesn't happen, but it, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that the process in getting you to where you were was necessarily completely flawed. Maybe you may have made some mistakes here or there, but every single team or manager does that. Um, I think Mancini probably, uh, you know, look back on a few things and rue some things that he did, but that probably doesn't necessarily mean that uh, he should be sacked after, you know, especially after what he did in uh, at, at the Euros. So. Uh, there's been a lot of calls for coaching changes for Cannavaro to come in and manage the national team. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think if you kind of take a step back and really look at things all in their entirety, uh, as hard as it is to to keep a level head or to think uh, you know think calmly after the disappointment of you know missing a second World Cup, uh, I think that the the problems tend to be. Uh, overblown, just as probably the World Cup win was romanticised, and I'll probably say that even I was a bit uh, a bit jealous of doing that. But um, yeah, I think you you pretty much sum it up in this this little tweet that you put here. Reactionary thinking will ultimately probably prevail because no one likes being told the system is working when their country has just been knocked out of World Cup qualifying. I think that's pretty fair and pretty concise, to be honest. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it it. it Having having it had it explained to me, I'm I'm less of that reactionary sort of things need to we need wholesale change. Why is Mario Balotelli of Adana Demirspor being called up to to the um to the January training camp? That sort of that sort of mindset. Um, and I suppose sort of looking ahead, I mean, you also shine a light on the fact that uh, Italy's sort of youth international performances have been have been positive recently, um, over the past five five or so years, um, you know, including reaching the semi-finals at the last two under 20 world cups as you mentioned um and and the performances in those i think i mean we've discussed it on this podcast several times but Gianluca Scamacca's ruled out overhead kick against eventual win- winners ukraine in extra time i believe it was um you know unfortunate decisions like that you know if they go a different way then we could have been looking at, at italy being under 20 champions that year but um i think that's also an important point and 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 certainly a better indicator of uh, youth development in a country than, say, for example, uh, teenagers playing in the in the top flight, um, because it shows that there is there is that steady stream of players who are, you know, playing at a good level both domestically and internationally, who are available if the manager selects them to come and freshen up those international squads um, when the cycle does get to a point where it's a little bit stale. Um, so, I mean, in terms of the the youth the youth groups at the moment, I mean, whether that's players who have now who've now gone past the the under 21 bracket um and and are no longer eligible to the ones who are eligible still and playing for the 21s the 20s the 19s um i know you've got a good handle on that steve i mean who are some of the the players that in future we could be sort of looking at playing um playing alongside the likes of your locatelli's and your barellas and and those types of players yeah just to take a a step back for a second when you were talking about the um under 20 world cup and, and and so on uh, I think the important thing at that kind of level isn't necessarily going on and winning tournaments because you know anything can happen. It's single knockout 
round games and you know there's only so much you can extrapolate from that but i think if you look at the results for italian national teams at youth level more broadly you kind of see from you know pre-2015 there were very sketchy mixed results uh but kind of 2015 2016 onwards the team starts to continuously be either qualifying for under 21 euros which is not easy in itself uh previously it was only eight teams until i think last year um you know, making under-20 World Cup semifinals, uh, making finals of the under-19 Euros. So I don't think they really actually won anything, but they're really consistent, um, you know, being amongst that like top four to eight teams uh, in Europe. Um, but then, yeah, to go forward onto kind of the players coming through, I watched the under-19s uh, last night or the night before uh, playing against Finland uh, in under-19 Euro qualifying. Um incredible generation of players i think this one is coming through uh kind of headlined by fabio miretti who made his debut for uh juve in Serie A the other day looks like a fantastic uh midfielder that can do a bit of everything can play attacking midfielder regista uh incredible technique great passing range uh, but then you've also got guys like uh wilfred nonto who's uh left inter to join fc zurich last year i believe yes uh yeah. And, you know, just, just quality all over the field. Uh, Mulazzi, who was playing at right back, but normally plays uh, on the right wing for uh, Juve in the UEFA Youth League, was fantastic as well. Um, and then Giovanni Fabiani, midfield, who's an inter, inter player, uh, big-bodied kind of kind of guy, uses his physicality really well going forward. So really, really good generation of players there. Then the under-21s, you've got some more household names like Lorenzo Luca, who started the season really well in Serie B, although the goals have... Uh, since dried up a little bit. Uh, Calvin Yaboa, who's at Genoa, who they just signed in, in January. Uh, Nicola Fagioli, who we've talked about. Samuel Ricci, obviously we talked about as well. Nicolo, Nicolo Rovella uh, in defense. Guys like Matteo Lovato is having a, a fantastic season after he joined uh, Cagliari on loan uh, in uh, in January. Uh, even guys like Raul Balanova, who I'm not the biggest fan of, uh, but has had a pretty decent season. Uh, Kaneseki, the goalkeeper, uh, who uh, starts every week for, for Cremonese in, in the second division, who's uh, really highly rated as well. So I think, yeah, option, there's options galore. Um, and yeah, th- these guys are performing against the best teams in in uh, in Europe at uh, youth international level. Italy at under-19s, the game before, uh, Finland drew 2-2 with Germany. Uh, you know, very consistent, strong results. They finished qualifying, I believe, on Wednesday or, or Thursday uh, against Belgium, who have got a really strong team as well. So uh, I think the winner of that will directly qualify to the to the under-19 Euros, I think, that are coming up in the summer. Um, but plenty plenty of options, plenty of names that I haven't even mentioned that are you know, playing regular minutes either uh, in the second division or some of them in, uh, in Serie A as well. To relate that to something a bit closer to home, um, for, for me at least anyway, um, you know, just looking at England's most recent lineup against Switzerland, you know, you had Mark Gerhi, you had Conor Gallagher, you had Phil Foden, you know, three under under 17 World Cup winners. But obviously that was four and a half, five years ago. You know, the the, the, progr- the progression is not instant. Um, and I think with these, these, I mean, going back to the, the, the discussion about um, Italy's um, youth international sides performing well in tournaments, not necessarily winning, but ultimately that's not the the main goal when when we're discussing this sort of thing. Um, 
the the progression is not going to be instant. The integration is not going to be instant. I mean, the game against Switzerland, albeit a friendly, the first time you know that I think there has been three starters from that under seventeen World Cup winning group, which again highlights how difficult it is to find places and spaces in the team, um, and and also relies on you know the the players doing very well at, at domestic level as well. Yeah, exactly right, and that's one of the best under seventeen teams like you will ever see. So there's no so there's no guarantee that that it it will just constantly be a conveyor belt. You know, no under twenty one team, especially for a nation as big as Italy, that is then replicated five years later in the um in the senior squad. It just simply doesn't happen that way because other players are in form. Um, you know, you have obviously your experienced heads. Um, and yeah, it's it, it's about facilitate. I think with youth international squads, it's about facilitating an, an atmosphere and a group which plays. Uh, that you know, so there's alignment between the youth international squads and the the senior level, but also provides a platform for them to um to 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 be able to 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 help the the, the most talented players in that group who ultimately will go on to become senior internationals. Um, to to provide a you know a, a competitive level for them. And just, as I said, really good, high-level, intense games as well yeah. against quality opponents. Um, and then also don't f- neglect pro- probably the the effect that doing really well at an under-21 Euros or under-20 World Cup uh, can have on, uh, you know, their players' club careers and, you know, excelling at an under-20 World Cup or at an under-19 Euros can really put you in the, in the shop window. Like, for example... Uh, we saw with Sancho when he was killing it. He's probably already on their radar, but uh, the things that he was doing at the under-17 Euros, I think it was in, in 2017, uh, I'm sure that had a pretty uh, a pretty big influence on on Dortmund's decision to go splash some pretty big money for a 17-year-old uh, on, on bringing him in. Um, and obviously, it was worthwhile. So, yeah, as you said, alignment with the senior team is really important. I'm sure... Roberto Mancini is watching, especially under-21 games, but probably also a lot of these under-19 games and seeing uh, his potential options for the future because there are, uh, as you said, there are gonna be, uh, there's going to be some need for some change and some regeneration, uh, and he's got quite a lot to choose from. Yeah, and I suppose that will be the next task for him. It will be choosing between the the talent pool um, to 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 freshen up that squad, uh, because there will be some big places and big names to to replace. You know, over the coming four or five years, you you're not going to be having a forty forty one year old forty two year old Giorgio Chiellini, or at least you wouldn't think so. But I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, and, and a thirty eight year old Leonardo Bonucci in in the in the heart of defence. So there'll be um some big shoes to fill, some very big boots to fill there. Yeah, exactly right. There's uh yeah there's going to be there's going to be change and uh yeah you've got what did we have Joao Pedro 30 yes. Chiellini Bonucci 37 and 34 respectively Acerbi 30 34 Florenzi 31 De Chilio, 29 uh you know even guys probably like Cristante probably be phased out for more talented players coming through though he's only 27 no, uh, 32 Jorginho's 30 Bellotti 28. So I think these kind of guys now, they've either on their run home, if they are, are really strong in Serie A, they might continue getting chances with the uh, with the national team. But I think, uh, especially with the talent of the generations that are, that are coming through, uh, that there might start to be some real uh, progress made on, on 
on really focusing on getting caps into some of these you know under 25ish guys like Skamaka obviously I think will become the 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 focal point up front I think the you know there's not going to be too many chances for for Bellotti post uh, Immobile because I think that uh, Mancini will start to look forward and think about Skamaka not just being the guy for Euro 2024 but then hopefully to qualify uh, Italy finally for a World Cup in in 2026 um and there's kind of dilemmas like that all over the field. So, um, as you said, in midfield with Jorginho, do you go forward with him, or do you look to try to get someone like Locatelli into the in as the main starter and and, and kind of you know look past Jorginho moving, moving, looking not just at Euro 2024, but then the fact that you've got uh, a lot of tournaments coming up after that. Absolutely. No, I think it's um it's been an interesting debate, Steve, and um thank you for for resetting my my sort of initial reactionary opinion on on Italy's failure to qualify for for the World Cup in Qatar um I think yeah without sounding too cliche you know the future is bright as long as the the sort of the succession plan is is managed well and 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 those squads are able to be freshened up but it's not it's similar to to the to the notion of you know you shouldn't be concerned when you're when you're creating chances but not scoring goals you should be concerned when you're uh you're not creating any chances um you know there are opportunities here there are players there who can fill in and yeah all is not lost um again it's a cautionary tale for for reactionary takes but yeah above all um yeah thanks steve for for discussing this and i hope you've enjoyed uh, some discussion about italy pleasure thank you for having me joe well this has been the scouted football podcast uh, stay tuned for more episodes uh, i've been joe donahue and this has been uh, crisis in calcio uh, with Stephen ganalis thanks bye for now For player profiles, in-depth features and exclusive interviews, visit sfhandbook.com to learn more about the best young football players in the world.